Hello, and welcome to This is the Greatest Song I've Ever Heard in My Entire Life. I'm Scott Interante, and today we are joined by freelance music journalist, author of BTS Blood, Sweat, and Tears, Tamar Herman. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. You know, obviously listeners at home can't see, but I do have your book on my shelf right behind me, uh, which I'm very excited to have. And I'm excited for you to be here. Maybe we can go back to the beginning and talk about like what was the first time that you were really like impacted by music or fell in love with a song or an artist or anything like that. I thought you were going to ask the first time you and I spoke and I was going to be like, oh. oh. Um, (laughs) Yes, we do go way back. So I actually have a weird relationship with music. I wasn't allowed to listen to pop music when I was young. I was raised in a modern Orthodox Jewish family, and this is not typical of modern Orthodox Jews in New York. Just my mom was over the top and like, no, show tunes are okay. Disney music's okay. Like show tunes, like any Broadway music under the sun, no matter what it was, was fine. So the stuff my parents grew up listening to, like we could listen to, but like, I don't know, Britney Spears scared her or something. I have no idea. So all like my relationship with pop music was something, A, like a lot of friends, you know, their parents introduced them to their, oh, this is my favorite album. This is My parents were just like, oh, okay, like these are the Beatles, this is classical music. But it was never like, it, yeah. I don't know, love of music, which is really weird because now my mom can't figure out Apple Music. So she really only listens to Queen because I put on the playlist from Apple <laughs> Music and she just like blasts it in her kitchen like all the time. And I'm just like, you clearly like music, like It's just a very weird thing. And so I guess even though it wasn't like a day-to-day part of my life, I picked it up that I like music. And I remember very distinctly like a few times in my bedroom, like closing the door and locking it, even though I wasn't supposed to lock my door and like putting on Radio Disney. And it was very scandalous. (laughs) The first time I bought an album, I remember exactly whose bat mitzvah was at. I heard Avril Lavigne's Skater Boy and I bought Let Go. Like I was 12 when I bought my first album. So it felt pretty normal. And at that point, my mom like kind of gave up and then like stealing my brother's like, I don't know. I remember he and I both bought American Idiot by Green Day. And I was like, oh, I'm so cool. I bought the same album as my big brother. But yeah, it was always like kind of something which I think has kind of shaped a lot of how I talk about music. Like my adolescence of music was always something very personal. It was always like something very private. To this day, I always like say, even though I do do reviews sometimes, like I'm always like, I don't think I have very good music taste to share with other people. I just know what I like. (laughs) Like I I clearly have made my career writing about music and I and I think I have good taste at this point but it's I think that's something that kind of my weird not introduction to popular music as a kid kind of did yeah I get that I I think I just love the feeling of music I, I don't remember who said it but somebody was saying how every time you hear a song it always is a different experience and it's the only art form that every instance of it is different. It's not just like, you know, if you see a painting, yeah, you can look at it and gain more depth it. Or every time you watch a TV show or something, you, there is more depth to it, but it's like your ears are different. The mood you're in is different. Every facet changes with every listen. And and it's so true because like when I get a song for the first time and I have to listen to it, whether it's for a reviewer or just like for an article, like today I got a song for something that's coming out soon. And like, I literally just had it on repeat for like 20 plays. I was just, sometimes I was paying attention to it sometimes I was just doing things around because every single time I like noticed something else or noticed I was feeling a different way about one lyric or something and I just think that that's like my favorite thing about music yeah wow I I love that that's so beautifully put 
I'm curious though, you know, when K-pop and Asian pop in general came into your life and what made you decide that, you know, that was what you were going to focus on uh, as a career? Yeah. So I think I developed most of my musical taste, like many people do in high school, right? I graduated high school in 2009 and in 2008, that's when K-pop really started kind of buzzing on music blogs in the US, like YouTube's growth. And the virality of songs by groups like Wonder Girls, Super Junior Girls Generation, Big Bang, like that really was taking off then. So I was a very online child. I'm still a very online adult. And and Mm -hmm. it kind of, it happened in a variety of ways. I found out through some writing friends of mine online and they were like, oh yeah, you should listen to this K-pop thing. I'm like, oh, what's that? Um, I also was watching Drama Fever was around then. I was watching some Japanese shows. I was watching Boys Over Flowers Japanese version. And then I went to the Korean one, which has a huge K-pop soundtrack, like Double S501, Kara, Shiny, a bunch of other groups were featured. So yeah, so I kind of just got into K-pop because I was very online. I felt like if I told anyone about like K-pop, it'd be like the weirdo. I I think again, that was probably me with my whole history about music kind of like I don't think my friends would have been like oh this weirdo Tamar like they already thought it was weird enough they love me for it but I when I got to college uh, a lot of my friends either liked k-pop or knew about k-pop and like three of us ended up going to SM town and it was like wow I have friends to go to a k-pop concert with and this is new and then just because I'm like obsessive and when I like something, I like want to know everything about it. Like I'm the person who goes, watches a movie and then I'm like, yeah. I need to go to IMDb trivia and find all the trivia about this movie ever. And so when I started getting into K-pop, I just ate it all up. I remember waiting for teasers of certain albums. Like I used yeah. to be like, get home from school and like log on to whatever websites were reporting on K-pop then. Yeah. I mean, I definitely set my computer on fire one time because of LimeWire downloading of K-pop songs. Yeah. I got a really bad <laughs> virus. I later found out that that is actually how the virus worked and it was meant to set your computer on fire, which is crazy. I I fully thought you meant metaphorically. No, (laughs) I thought so too. Wow, what a time that was. Then when I was in college, one day I was sitting with those friends who I went to SM Town with and our advisor overheard us talking and he's like, oh, you know, you have to register for classes soon. Why don't you take Korean 101? It's starting this semester. So me and a friend took it and we both actually ended up Later on through our program, we had um, the chance to study abroad and we both went to Korea and we actually both ended up for a time working in media related to K-pop and Korean entertainment. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. I was doing some blogs. I started Cold Scene with a few friends back in college. Still like we were babies. We Mm -hmm. were just doing stupid things for free, just writing whatever we wanted. I mean, it's not that things were so different. It was that I, well, yes, things were very different, but also I didn't know any better. I didn't think that this was going to be my career. I thought this was just something I was doing with friends, like, oh, talking about the music I like. <laughs> and then it ended up becoming my career. Yeah, I mean, you know, so obviously now, like you said, this is your career. This is what you do full time. How do you feel about, like, keeping that balance between writing about the music and the industry and then also just being a fan and, like, you know, where you see those things butt up against each other or not, you know, or help each other out? Uh, it definitely helps each other out, but it's also really, 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 really tough. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so along with my whole route to doing what I do now, I actually ended up working at NBC's New York affiliate, WNBC, and that was really where I learned journalism 101 I was production assistant for a year and I during that time first of all I worked overnights which makes it feel that although it was a year it actually was like 17 years of my life (laughs) Um, I still am exhausted just thinking of it but I learned from 
partially just being there at that time of day when nobody else was in the newsroom, how to news gather and how to contact sources. Like I had a lot of responsibility for someone just right out of college. I worked on the assignment desk when I wasn't doing other stuff. I used to go out into the field with reporters and either watch them. I got to cut my own videos a few times when it wasn't like a busy news day. And now that's coming into like use now that I'm using TikTok to do some reporting. Right. Yeah. But so I got my start really in a pretty intense news environment. So I always, you know, brought my own perspective into my work, but I always had a very distinct, probably too intense perception that I, I'm not telling my story. So my opinion, if, if this is my favorite group, if they do something wrong, it doesn't matter. Or if this is not my favorite group and they do something great, like, yay, like, congrats. I just think that my opinion at the end of the day, as long as the facts are there, that's what matters. You know, unless it's a review, of course. And then right. even then, like, I just don't think anybody really... <laughs> I don't think anybody really cares about Tamara Herman's personal taste as much as Tamara Herman being able to tell the story in a way that is right, is fair. Right. And true. Like, I still have that, like, fair and unbiased, which I know is, is hugely problematic and is not actually something that is possible as a human. But um, I just think that, you know, I try to find stories that are of interest to me and bring them out in ways that are of interest to readers. And I've been in rooms with people interviewing them, like people who are absolutely terrible human beings that you'll never know in the interview because the interview still you know if someone's not nice in the interview i i just don't i mean i know there's a lot of writers out there who would like use that as an opportunity and i just don't care particularly unless it becomes the story itself like yeah okay right. if you walk out of an interview it's different but like if you're being you know rude to me tomorrow herman and maybe your prs or something like that's sadly like the industry like i don't think that needs to come into things there are times and places, like I have a lot of writers who I really enjoy because they do put their personal taste into it, but that's just never been mine. I think that's kind of the way that I keep a divide between being a fan and someone who's covering the industry. Like there are times when I'm just like, I don't know if I'm bored of K-pop releases this month or I'm just overworked and burned out. Like, right. do I not like the music anymore? Do I not like the industry or, or do I just need to take a step back? So I tend to go to concerts a lot for work, but I also make sure I go to concerts for fun. I try to combine them. Like a few weeks ago, I ended up Super Junior never tours in the US. So I always try to see them when they're in Mexico. And so one of my friends interviewed them. So I went along and I helped out just doing some video. And, and then we went to the concert two nights and it was great. And then I got also go see Mexico City and like kind of making it both a work-ish trip, but I wasn't the one who was actively working, right, but right. also still vacation and just going to the concert where I don't have to do a review. I feel like I know music journalists who are like at a different concert every night. And I am a lazy, exhausted human being 24-7. So that sounds exhausting <laughs> for me. Yeah. Well, I think it's time. Tamar, what is the song that makes you scream? This is the greatest song I've ever heard in my entire life. The greatest song I've ever heard in my entire life. I have a lot. I sent you guys the whole list before we did this call of like things that I wanted to speak about as songs that I feel yeah. like are really just so great. But there's one song that I think everyone probably knew even before like I was asked to be on this podcast that I would have to talk about, which is K-pop group Infinite's The Chaser. of their Infinitize album. 2012, that was so long ago. <laughs> I just think in general, their music always really captivated me. If you've never heard it, anybody who's listening, like I, I you need to pause this and go Absolutely. watch not just one, but two music videos because they're 
they have two music videos. One is the plain version and one is the dance version. Right. They do have different effects. I guess the dance version is the one that has the most views because most people just like care about the music and the dance and the, the music video, like the not dance one has a very distracting car spinning yeah. <laughs> scene. But like if you want to see Elle spinning in a car. It's cool. Yeah. The There's an orchestral rendition that they did at one music show that like is just like one of the best things ever, I think, um, in like the history of K-pop. Honestly, I'm not someone who's like, this is the best song ever all the time. But this song is really that notable to me that a few years ago, I did an AMA on Reddit r slash K-pop when I was working with Forbes. So like as a Forbes writer, I did like this AMA and it like I had to make a Reddit account. I, I only have a private one. And then I ended up having to make one like a public one. Right. And I was like, really like not sure like what to do and i must have been listening to the song or something so i just named it tamar the chaser and someone asked me in the ama like oh did you name this tamar the chaser because you chase new stories or is it because you like the song <laughs> the chaser and and like i still i still have it screenshotted on my computer i honestly should like get it printed out or something That's and really blow it good. up the thing about the chaser aside from the fact that like i talked about it nonstop, i actually mostly talked about it on like twitter for years because it wasn't on streaming platforms right <laughs> and it was really annoying I thought that I thought everyone needed to hear it. And um, before I like talk about this with you more, I want to like read the blurb that they uploaded to YouTube on May 15th, 2012, because it's so wild that this is what they put, which is like they put a whole introduction to this song saying the song is so great and infinite is so good. And I just think like, that's not something K-pop does anymore. And I really love it. Like yeah. it was like the title song, The Chaser written by Sweet Tune, who is considered Infinite's best musical partner, shows a fast developments and speed as its title suggests. One should note the characteristics of the song, which the lyrics and melody of Korean sentiment come in contrast with modern and stylish beats. As yeah. the years go by, Infinite is starting to break new records in the K-pop scene, getting rid of the bias toward idol as they show both popularity and musicality. Their album Infinitize will show how they become representative K-pop musicians as they present not just one, but a variety of musical genres. And like the PR speak is just A, amazing, but yeah. also like, like it's not that it's not true. Like everyone knows that Infinite Songs, a sweet tune are the best ones. Like I was talking to this friend about, uh, oh, what song should I do? And, and I don't think I have any other things in my life that are maybe a meme. And I think me liking The Chaser at this point is kind of a, yeah. a meme of my life. And so she's like, oh, I know you're going to do The Chaser, but like, I think Last Romeo is better. And I was like, yeah, no, I mean, I think there are days when I'm like, oh, yes, Last Romeo is better than The Chaser. Or like, I think that Before the Dawn is underrated. I, I could go through all their songs and be like, this is why this song is great. And this is why, you know, if it's so good. But I think that I always go back to The Chaser. I've cried to it when I've had a breakup, which is ridiculous because it's not like a weeby ballad right. song. I'm also not a weeby ballad breakup girl. So that was even weirder. It's just... I even revisited a few reviews today and somebody who we have very similar taste regarding like Sweet Tunes work is uh, Nick at the Bias List. And so I went back and his review is essentially like, I can't, you know, put it towards why this song is so good. It just is so good. It just builds and builds and builds and delivers like you're not bored. And it just the thing that like Infinite fans always used to joke about them and like meme them for was that their songs were always about having lost the girl yeah. and like needing to get her back. <laughs> that was always that was the story and so the chaser is literally like chasing your love after it's ended and it's just so dramatic there's synths there's rock element there's like some funk in yeah. it it's like just it's a dance song and it just builds and builds and builds and i don't know i just got it forever it was just a whole experience at the time i like i remember exactly where i was i, I should have started with this i remember exactly where i was 
I was in a certain room at Queens College sitting at a very old wood table and I watched the music video and smashed my head against the table. I have wow. never in my entire life been that girl who bangs her head over something. <laughs> I have never, I didn't faint, but I just was like floored. I was so, at the time I was so captivated. I was, I mean, I was very, obviously <laughs> as a person, I'm clearly dedicated to like music and k-pop and stuff but it wasn't even that like i was like such a diehard infinite fan like i was but like it was just that the music just floored me like i usually am the person who takes like i listen to a song I'm like yeah it's okay not as good as their other stuff and then like a week later i'll be like this is the best thing ever yeah this song didn't have that i just like listened to it and i was like oh shit this is it yeah the hardest thing about being someone who covers k-pop professionally and also has been a fan and remains a fan is that even though i do you know i have developed different relationships with the different artists as i grow professionally and grow you know as a human i feel like so sad that not everybody knows like about certain songs and like the feelings yeah. that we had at certain times and this song i i literally like i told you i just i literally like face palmed onto a table because i was like wow this song is great yeah. and and like it just clicks you know sometimes when you have something in your life where you're like wow this thing works yeah that was this song and so i have other songs that i love I have other songs that I sing more in the shower. I have other songs I sing better at karaoke than this one. I can't get through the rap, so I gave up singing this at karaoke. Uh, but I just think, yeah, I think that there are many, many, many great songs. But for me, this is the song that I think if you wanted to torture me and put a song on repeat forever, I wouldn't get bored of this one. Right, yeah. Like, it's not, it'd just be so easy for the rest of my life. And then, of course, I just have to shout out, especially because my co-producer, Catherine, is a big key change fan. This song has a great key change uh, towards the end. Really takes it to the next level. So It does. Yeah. Well, Tamar, thank you so much for coming and talking about this song and so many other things. Uh, if people want to follow along with what you're doing online, where should they go? People could find me at TamarHerman.com. That's where I create all my articles. I'm usually chatting away at Tamar Writes on Twitter. And I recently started the Notes on K-Pop Substack. And I launched a TikTok called at Tamar Talks. Like my Twitter is at Tamar Writes, W-R-I-T-E-S. And this one's at Tamar Talks, T-O-K-S. I was fighting with myself whether it should be at T-A-L-K-S no, or T-O-K-S. But I was like, it's TikTok. Yeah. It has to be the funny way. Yeah. No, that's great. And if you want a whole K-pop overview because you don't have enough after I talked your ear off this whole episode, K-pop Generation, the documentary is currently airing on Vicky and it is a overview of everything K-pop and it's great and I'm featured in it. Very cool. And it's great not just because I'm featured in it. Right. It's just great. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much and uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of This is the Greatest Song I've Ever Heard in My Entire Life. If you like what you heard, and look, I really hope that you did, please uh, consider subscribing, leaving a rating and review to help other people find it, or hey, you could tell them yourself. Shout out the show to a friend, a lover, even an enemy. Or you can follow us on social media at Great Song Pod. That's GR number eight Song Pod on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. I want to give a special shout out to Catherine and Izzy who helped me co-produce this show, to Skylar Spence whose song Kratos and Love is our theme music, and of course to you, the listener, for listening. Look forward to talking to you next time. Do people have to introduce their songs that way or should I just not yeah, do that? Yeah, however you um, want. <laughs>